What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. And we are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting back with your friends, talking sports, life, everything in between. Jordan, how you feeling this Sunday, brother? Man, I'm tired. I went to the gym already. Uh, Kayla had me cleaning out flower beds, so I got that done before we did this, but now it's podcast time. It is officially podcast time. I'm with you. You can probably hear it in my voice. We were, it was a crazy one. It was a crazy one. Who would have thought that week six would bring the most chaos in college football? I know. Auburn losing to Georgia was crazy. It was. And you know where we got to start. Of course. Alabama, the number one team in the country, goes down to Texas A&M. I don't, I I don't even remember the last time this is, I've seen this. It's just. Well, I was thinking as I was driving back home to this morning, Uh this is the first time in near 30 episodes, almost a thousand listens, two years that Alabama has lost as we've been a we've been an official podcast. That, that's crazy. The last time they lost too was in 2019 to LSU, who See, would obviously win the Natty. And it's this, incredibly impressive. And I mean, that year, speaks yeah. that to me speaks to the dynasty that is Alabama. All right, I will gladly go first here because I think if you're tuned in, let's be honest. This is what you this is what you came for. This is what you're sitting there for. So let's get let's get the the house cleaning out of the way. Alabama is. A dynasty. True. Let's be honest. Six national yep. championships, I think, in the past 12 years. Um, Alabama lost. Mm-hmm. The world is freaking out. I don't think we are. Not really. For me personally, I look at the optics of this game. I'm a Georgia fan. I've experienced it. I've seen them lose when they shouldn't to unranked teams. For me, as I watched last night's game, it was a head-to-head matchup mm-hmm. versus two SEC West opponents. Texas A&M was simply the better team on the field. Yeah. Um, Alabama had a lot of breaks last night. They block a punt for a touchdown. That don't happen too often. Mm-hmm. They uh they literally were gifted a touchdown that should have been called back. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy clearly moved. It's factual football. That's right. not an opinion. Um, a lot of things broke Alabama's way. I would say the kickoff return for a touchdown from Texas A&M was a, was a big momentum stealer oh, yeah, after the sure. punt block. But I would say it, it is this simple. It is not on coaching. It is not on players. It is simply last night, two teams lined up, and the one with Texas, M, Texas A&M on their helmets was the better team. Yeah. I believe Alabama is still a top two team in the country. Mm-hmm. I would still favor Alabama over everybody, except maybe the people wearing red and black, that being Georgia. Yeah. That's just That's just how I see it. I'm not freaking out. The world's not burning. Alabama's not gone. You don't fire any coaches. You still have an incredible program yeah. with every single goal ahead. I fully believe you still make it to the SEC title game. I would still even say you probably make it to the playoffs because Georgia and and Alabama meeting in Atlanta only goes one way from what I've seen. I mean, to me, I understand the freaking out and the chaos, but just off the top, yeah, Alabama lost. They lost to a better team last night. You play that game nine out of ten times. Maybe Alabama wins it nine times, but last night wasn't there not. Yeah, I'm. This this is where I'm at though, right? This is this is the second time this season where we watch a team where Alabama's on the road and it, they play a team that's they're clearly better than on paper, and that team just absolutely comes out and plays up to Alabama's level. You, and, you're referencing Florida. Yeah, Florida. Well, for sure, Texas A&M. Let's be right. honest, Texas A&M is not as good as Florida is. No, but. Neither one of these teams are as good as Alabama on paper. Correct. And they played up their level. And, and let me tell you how many times we've seen this story play out. Bama's down at halftime. 
come out after the half, they catch traction, it's a blowout afterwards. How many times have we seen that play out? Almost every, like literally almost 97% of the time. And granted, this game looked to be that way in a lot, in, in so many different areas. Bama, if you look at the score, actually beat Texas A&M in the second half. Oh, by the, far. The issue is, though, every time Texas A&M seemed to blink, they also seemed to answer. And, I mean, obviously we see it here. They were able to play with Alabama. They they beat Alabama in the first half. By far. They then played with Alabama in the second half enough to set up a walk-off field goal. And, man, I tell you what, Zach Calzada, the backup who came in for a hurt starting quarterback at Texas A&M, just has – I mean, he absolutely dominated. I agree. I mean, you look – okay, now let's actually look at this, the, the, the spectacle that was the game. Kyle Field, night game, yeah. electric. I want to say night time, electric. They don't call it 12th um, man for nothing. No, they do not. Bryce Young, I think we are so used to the Alabama quarterback turnaround. He is a great quarterback. He is. He will be possibly one of the – I mean, he's a freshman. He might be the greatest quarterback Alabama has in this dynasty run. Yeah. I mean, look at him in year three. What does that look like? We'll find out. But, I mean, he played – that's the thing, right? For me, as a sports fan who knows this game very well, unbiased, watching this game, Alabama played well. Yeah. I mean, they had some drop passes that were uncharacteristic. Yeah. But listen, they're not robots. Big-time moments, big-time atmospheres require big-time playmakers. Alabama last night just wasn't quite there. Bryce Young played a good game. The receivers played a good game. Brian Robinson continues to just terrorize defenses oh, yeah. on, in the running game. Alabama's defense played pretty well. Take out the last drive from Texas A&M. They had like 60 yards offense in the second half. Yeah. This has nothing to do with anything else other than last night. Texas A&M was the better ball team. They made the plays they needed to make. Zach Calzada made the play. I mean, the dude gets hurt and comes back in, and what a massive run there to basically put him in field goal position when it's like second and 10, third and 10. The field goal by Small was obviously huge. It looked like he was going to miss it, and it just freaking turns right and goes in. I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. I've talked to a few Alabama fans. I've really thought about and processed how we are going to approach this as we talk on this podcast. And all I can see is that last night Alabama just wasn't the best team on the field. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, so you look at the stat line. Let's just say you didn't watch the game. You look at the stat line. Bryce okay. Young, 28 for 48, 369 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I'd say that kind of looks like a Heisman caliber game. Especially when you consider the drop passes. Yeah. I know that's not yeah, yeah. average into the stats, but, I mean, probably five of those were just hitting the hands and drop. But when you watch that game, watch uh, Texas A&M's defense, right, we saw a front seven get after the quarterback, pressure Bryce, we saw a young quarterback who has never played in a 100,000-plus hostile environment like Kyle Field. At and night. That makes night, such a yeah, difference. People are just crazier. They have uh, – let's see how can we can say this. They've had all day to marinate. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. understand what I'm saying. Yeah, a little Tennessee whiskey there. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's – granted, like I said, the moment never got – like he never panicked, I don't think. But no, the he, moment, I mean, no, not at all. I mean, you look at the, the third down or the, the three plays – on the drive, Texas A&M had to force yeah. a stop to go kick the field goal. Two of those throws were great throws that oh, yeah. that Alabama receivers just yeah. didn't catch. It just it, and granted, we've said it a hundred times already. Alabama's still a great team, but last night was the first time in a long time I've seen Alabama looked a overmatched all in all for the most part, and b just not completely composed. I don't know. See, I don't. 
I don't think I saw that. I didn't see Alabama making mistakes. There wasn't egregious penalties. They weren't, to me, it wasn't like, oh, Texas A&M is just so much better last night. It's, it's just two people rolled their helmets out there. They both played great football games. Texas A&M was just better. In, in terms of special teams, Texas A&M gets the edge, even with the block punt. Yeah. In terms of offense, Texas A&M put it on them. In terms of defense, they got the stops when they needed to. The only coaching mistake that I think I saw last night, maybe, and this is maybe, this is, listen, this is 2020 vision, hindsight, it's perfectly clear. Maybe Nick Saban goes for one of those fourth downs that he kicked yeah, the field goal that's on. that's true, too. Listen, Nick Saban is the, I say it all the time, he is the greatest college football coach to ever live and breathe on this earth. Maybe you can see a mistake there. I don't know. I trust Nick Saban's play calling and his ideas and his choices. I'm sorry. I know it's a tough pill to swallow. As a Georgia fan, I've had to swallow it. Texas A&M was just better. They were. I mean, it's crazy. It's going to be interesting to see what Alabama does moving forward. It's going to be crazy to see what Texas A&M does moving forward. This is a big Huge boost of momentum for, that for them. But, but if you're if you're an Alabama fan, you go, hey, listen, we got beat. You know, you put your pants on the same way for practice Monday morning. Yeah. Coaches will come in today, Sunday, and make plans for your next football game. Yeah. And Life goes on. All your yeah. goals are still in front of you. You're fine. Yeah. You're still a dynasty. You're still an elite program. I know you're not used to losing. Yeah. You lost. Yeah. It's tough. Out of Nick Saban's six national championships, only two of them came on undefeated records. You're perfectly fine. Yeah. There's nothing that says you won't be uh, polishing a Dr. Pepper trophy yeah. come January. It's going to be good moving forward. But, uh, yeah, Texas A&M definitely made it good for the state of Texas. Another team in Texas. Come on now. Set it up. Transition. Transition piece. Let's talk about this right here. Uh, the Red River Rivalry. Oh, I actually said that without Red River Shootout lived shootout. up to the name. Absolutely. For sure. So, number six, OU. Number 21, Texas. Uh, Texas came out rolling this one 28 to 7 after the first quarter. And then once Oklahoma, spoiler alert, benched Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams in Oklahoma just took over. And great games by both quarterbacks, I have to say. Uh, Caleb Williams here, 16 of 25, 212 yards, two touchdowns coming in. In relief of Spencer Rattler, Casey Thompson still rolling with UT here, 20 of 34, 388 yards, five touchdowns. And, man, B. John Robinson looked like an absolute monster on the ground for Texas. But just that defense for him, man, they could not stop OU at the end, and Texas just couldn't get it done. 55-48, Oklahoma takes the dub in the Red River Showdown. That great, that was phenomenal. Like you hit every point that I was thinking, all the way down to to be well, there. That. No, you absolutely destroyed that. To me, this game mm-hmm. and the Alabama game have a mirrored formation of saying both teams came out, yeah. Both teams played excellent, and somebody had to lose. Yeah. So Oklahoma was the better team on the field. Right. Um. Obviously, that gets stimulated by Caleb coming in and. Let's be honest, I would say securing a new QB1 for Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely. will be very interesting to see moving forward what Lincoln Riley decides to do. I told you before, in the post-game presser, they asked him, hey, uh, why did you bring in Spencer Rattler for the two-point conversion? He mm-hmm. said, because Spencer's still elite, and that was the most important play of the ball game." So maybe that hints at where Lincoln Riley's thinking. Let's be honest, Spencer Rattler got benched last year at UT. Right. He came in to have a great season after that. How you can take it away from Caleb, I'm not sure, but they don't pay me millions of dollars to make those decisions. Man. Looking at yeah. the game, though, um, let's be honest. To me, 
I felt like I saw in that second half Oklahoma turn a corner. Yeah. Let's be honest, this has been a very lackluster Oklahoma team who could have lost any of their five ball games previous to this. Another optic for me is you have to be so impressed by Texas. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Texas on paper is not near as good as Oklahoma. Right. Played an incredible football game. I think the lights and the pressure got to Casey Thompson once uh, once Oklahoma started mounting the comeback. Listen, he's also a first-time player. First time, especially in a game like this. Still played phenomenal. Bijan Robinson, if the Heisman Trophy wasn't a winning award, I think you might have to say he's your front runner. Yeah. Especially after everything we've seen uh, Saturday night. Oklahoma, I'm impressed. Yeah. To me, Texas, I'm impressed too. I think the committee sees that as well. Spoiler alert, Texas after a loss, and now two losses, is still ranked 25th. Right. They hang in there. I think they impressed a lot of people. But I come out of this and I go, Oklahoma, you finally got one. You finally yeah, impressed us. They did, and you got to put it on Caleb Williams' shoulders here. Facts. I mean, let's look at the last three games. Texas played Nebraska, only, or Oklahoma played Nebraska, only scored 23. Played West Virginia, only scored 16. Played Kansas State, scored 37. But Spencer Rattler just hasn't been scoring that much, right? Literally one half of football, or Caleb Williams scored 35 points in the back half of this Texas game. And granted, like I said, Texas defense didn't look that great, but you got to wonder, like, is this the new Norman, Oklahoma? Is he the guy? And what happens to Spencer Rattler moving forward? That's true. That is true. And to me, that's the question is, uh, let's see, who's their, who's their, let's find out who's their next team. They play TCU next. Yeah. It, I think all eyes will be right there at 630 on ABC and see. It's a Big who, 12 matchup. Who takes, yeah. who takes that first snap? Yeah. For If it's me, I think you have to go with Caleb Williams until he proves you otherwise. Uh, yeah, I got to agree. And it would be interesting to see if that's the decision. What does Spencer Rattler do? Yeah. It's, all odds are open here. It would be very interesting to see moving I, forward. I never thought at the beginning of the season our Heisman front runner would be benched in week six for a freshman I quarterback. Can't, I can't believe you picked him to be your Heisman front runner. I can't believe you picked him to be your Heisman <laughs> front runner. Man, what college football analysts are we? I'm telling all you. All right, moving forward. Ranked on ranked matchup, number 17 Ole Miss, number 13 Arkansas. Talk about a shootout. In both yeah. of these games, man, if you had the over, cha-ching, you were doing all right. Yep. Take us, talk us through it. Great quarterback play from both teams here. K.J. Jefferson, 25 of 35, 326 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Matt Corral, who peeled the top back continuously in this game, but 14 of 21, 287 yards, two touchdowns. Both running backs, both top running backs here had pretty much 17, 18 carries, 139 yards for one, 111 yards for uh, the other. Not a very good defensive game. <laughs> Not a day for defense, but for great sure. on offense here. I picked Matt Corral, or I picked Ole Miss on this one. You did as well. I think both of us was going with the more veteran, the the better quarterback here, the Heisman front runner, home team too, and, and it made a difference. It did make a difference. But man, I tell you what, this game literally came down to one snap. Sam Pittman, obviously at the end, elected to go for two points. Love the play love call. Love the play. Love. I love the decision. Not the play yeah. call. Correct. I, yes. I love the decision. I love the guts. Sam Pittman. That's a Sam Pittman move. I say it all the time. The better you got, if you're the worst team, winning the end of the game because in overtime, more than likely, the better team's going to win. But man, you have a 240 pound running quarterback, and you elected to go to a rollout pass play to the short side of the field. I just don't understand that. Yeah. Once again, covered beautifully, set yeah. up beautifully. Uh, I look at this game, takeaways are uh, offensively, Arkansas played great football. They did. Ole Miss offensively played great football. 
just one point better. I mean, honestly, that's what it is. I think Matt Corral takes his name, throws it right back up there in the Heisman talk oh, yeah. with a great day versus a great team who on paper had a great defense, just Ole Miss has a great offense. But, yeah, this the, the, the talk around this game has to be the two-point play. Uh, I love the decision to go for it. Like you said, hate the play call. You got a great uh, – you basically have a Coke machine with feet yeah. as a quarterback yeah. who also can throw it, and you roll him out to the short side of the field, and literally from Hutt, there's two defensive people on him from Ole Miss, and panic, and you almost throw it out of the end zone. Yep. Don't even give your guy a chance to make it. Ole Miss is the better team on the day. Ole Miss moving forward. You hate that they lost to Alabama, but, I mean. They got everything in front of them. Great, Still a great football team. Yeah. 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 I mean, you sit back and you go, please, somebody else beat Alabama, yeah. and you got a shot. And, honestly, the, the team you just beat has one of your shots there. You need them to help you out a little bit, yeah. for sure. So. But, I mean, any other takeaways than that? I think that one's yeah. kind of cut and dry. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. I mean, great. Uh, both teams, 300-plus yards of rushing. I mean, obviously, just absolutely killing it. But, Moving forward, let's uh, go to what I think should have been game of the week. We didn't get it there. Yeah, but for sure. A top four matchup here. Penn State goes into Iowa. Do the wave. Obviously, I think that's one of our uh, one of our favorites. Oh, the Kinnick wave, man. Yeah. I, watching that yesterday just gave me chills. If it, that, I want to be a part of that one day. I will yeah. be a part of that one day. Absolutely. And, man, what could have been in this game had Sean Clifford not gotten hurt? Penn State seemed to be in full control over this game, 17-10 to 10 at the half. I mean, pretty much in full control. Iowa, again, defensively, didn't do great on offense, but was playing good defense. Sean Clifford lead the, led the team in passing, even though he didn't finish the game. 15 to 25, 146 yards. Two interceptions, though. That's the only thing there, but I think he managed the Ended game up better. Ended three, I believe. Yeah. Only, he only had two, or he had it only three? Has, it only has two oh, on okay. his Maybe hands, that so. one was a drop pass. I wish wasn't watching. But uh, Patras, Patrice, I still can't pronounce his name right. But anyway, 17 to 31. 195 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I mean, man, it was a slugfest we thought it would be, and now uh, Iowa remains in the top four undefeated, and now we're, we cut down on this Big Ten undefeated teams. Only three left. We do. Only three left, and uh, really a tale of two halves here of football, and not half in terms of halftime. One half where Sean Clifford was playing in the football game, and another half where he wasn't. Yeah. I struggle with this game. I've listened to people on the playoff committee talk this Sunday morning. They're very high on Iowa. I don't walk away that way. Listen, uh, Iowa got the win. Winning matters. Iowa still looked great on defense. Uh, The offense sputtered, uh, definitely. And as we've talked about, Iowa's offense, not the best. Penn State was controlling this game until Sean Clifford. Yeah. I mean, they had they had the hand around the neck. Yeah. Uh, I, you almost hate to see Penn State fall, but they did lose. I understand that. Uh, next man up is a part of football. It is. But I come out of this game, honestly, probably more impressed by Penn State than I do Iowa. I mean, I, I look at the football game. I watched it, and Penn State had every ounce of momentum and control over this football game. Sean Clifford takes a big hit. Good clean hit. Good yeah. football hit. Uh, goes out still undisclosed there by James Franklin. We don't know what the injury is. We don't speculate on injuries. But he didn't come back into the football game, and nope. Iowa got the win. Yep, and as we mentioned last week, Iowa now has, of all the undefeated teams and one loss Penn State, the, the easiest, easiest schedule. schedule moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, A, Michigan State Michigan, and then obviously one loss Ohio State and Penn State's over there in the Big Ten uh, East. That I win the Big Ten West by themselves. And same thing with Penn State as it is in Alabama. Completely control your destiny. Oh, 100%. You play Ohio State, who is looking phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. They're completely back on track, if you ask me. 
uh, obviously playing lesser opponents. You, I mean, Penn State and Iowa completely control the destiny. And to me, if Iowa, if, uh, Iowa runs the table and Ohio State runs the table, you could be looking at two Big Ten teams getting in there. If yep. Ohio State were to beat an undefeated Iowa in a, in a Big Ten title game, committee's watching. Yeah. Committee's watching. Absolutely. All right, fifth and final breakdown. We had a uh, a pretty big game there uh, in Athens. A new area on the Plains. Oh, on the Plains, excuse me. Yes, new, I was thinking about Kentucky. Yeah, a new number one team, the Georgia Bulldogs rolling to Auburn on the Plains here. Stetson Bennett gets to start again. For an injured JT Daniels, uh, we may have a QB controversy here in Athens. It's going to be interesting Maybe. to move it going forward. Maybe. But anyway, Stetson Bennett ends the day 14-21, 231 yards, two touchdowns. One throw kind of tells the tale of his, I'd say, lackluster arm strength. And the next one he makes right down the middle to Ladd McConkey there, absolutely perfect. Bo Nix, 21-38, 217 yards, one interception. Bo Nix played a lot better than this stat line suggests. He had a pit that, that pick was a deflection off his running back, which should have been caught. Few drop passes by Auburn really sold to tell here. Uh, Zamir White leads rushing for Georgia, 18 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, overall, Auburn does end Georgia's shutout streak of two games. And they scored a dang touchdown. And man. a dang touchdown. That's another one. But overall, man, just another convincing win for the Dogs. 20, I said 21 points. The uh, spread, I think, was 15 or 16. 24-point win, man, it was a good day. It was a good day, good day, and you're right. New number one team, the AP poll has come out. It's dogs on top. You know, so obviously defense dominant. They got after Bo Nix. They, yep. the, they, they, they got plenty of sacks. I mean, padded the stats. Uh, they gave up 10 points. You know, great. You know, if you had that, we called spread. I said plus 17. You said plus 21. They yep. beat both of us. Dominant all the way around. Uh uh, Stetson Bennett comes in. The mailman delivers once again. Great game. Yeah. Honestly, didn't have one of those what are you doing step moments. No. We get two one. or three of those per game. That kind of comes with the territory with him. Played great. Lean on the running game late. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. That's what it was. You know, you talk about, to me, the the only conversation now about Georgia after this week is, who's your quarterback, right? Yeah. And we talked about it yesterday after the game, and I said, I can see where you might have a quarterback controversy, right? The whole discussion, I think, has to be Alabama. How do yeah. you beat Alabama? Right. Alabama struggles with a mobile quarterback. Stets the more mobile guy. He's now showing you that he can hit all the passes. Yeah. Who do you go with? I think the answer is still JT Daniels. Yeah. Um. After last night, let's be honest, Zach Calzada is no more mobile than JT Daniels is. Right. Maybe a little, you know what I'm saying? Who knows? You know, tomato, tomato there. Uh. He's still the better general, still the better field general. Right. Uh, what Stetson Bennett has, if you are a University of Georgia fan and you don't freaking have a diehard love for Stetson Bennett, I don't know what you're doing. We oh, don't yeah. we don't need you. Stetson yeah. Bennett, in a culture where everybody runs, yeah. has stayed as steadfast and strong for the University of Georgia, and where would we be without him? Yeah. I don't think you're undefeated right now without him. I don't know if Carson Beck comes in and beats Arkansas. Oh, I, don't I don't know if so. Carson Beck comes in and beats uh, Auburn on the road. And he handles every single bit of it with grace class and a freaking beautiful arm where he's dropping balls in buckets. Yeah. Uh, you agree, disagree, JT Daniels, Stett? What you doing? So I, I think I think it really depends on what Kirby wants to do with his offense, right? Like you said, Stett's clearly the more mobile quarterback. I think they both have similar game manager abilities. I think they both can run to manage the offense well. I think the clear difference is when you get in a long field situation, JT's arm is just 
eons better than Stitz. I mean, we saw yesterday, right? The sideline throw to I believe it was Ladd, the the first one he caught. Incredible throw. Incredible throw, but he he just runs out of gas, right? He just underthrows him. Yeah. I mean, the second one he threw oh, down no, the middle. Oh, okay, I'm thinking yeah. about the sideline throw to Brock Bowers. Yeah, yeah. Where he, two two man. Yeah. It's a it's a stat line there. You have a high guy, low right. guy. He drops yeah, right in the middle. That was a great throw. But the one he underthrew a little bit. It just I mean, it wasn't that he underthrew it. He just ran out of gas on that throw. And the one down the middle was granted was perfect, but I think that's what JT does for you. I think he opens up down the field so much more. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think uh, JT ceiling is a lot higher as right. well. But uh, back to the, the the first Brock Bowers throw on the sideline, it's a it's a two deep zone with a high guy and a low guy ladder in there. Drops it into a bucket. The long that, pass yeah. to McConkey couldn't have thrown that one any right. better. He did have the one under throw there as well, but uh, you know. I hate it for Kirby Smart, man. The yeah. man cannot escape quarterback controversies. Nope. From the Jake from Justin Fields debate to losing your quarterback last year who probably would have won you a national title, you know, yeah. to the COVID thing, to now JT's hurt, Stett comes in, plays phenomenal. It's an embarrassment of riches. I guess it's a good problem to have, yeah. though. Even going back to Jacob Eason, I mean, there was another one that was right there. It that, really was. If I he mean, doesn't get hurt, Jake comes in. Who do you play now yeah. that Jacob's healthy? You know, I'm with you. Hate it for Kirby, but good problem to have. And – uh Dogs on top. Dogs on top. Go Continuing to roll. Game yeah. day come back to Athens this weekend. Maybe a record-setting game day. We got to look into that. We got to call our friends over at ESPN. All right, it is time for our favorite part of the show: quick hits, a two-minute drill. Jordan and I will go back and forth here, running down a couple of the games that you might have or have not watched on the beautiful college football weekend. Jordan, you ready to start us off, brother? I reckon so, man. All right, have uh, at it. Here we go. Unranked Boise State University rolls into number 10 BYU. This game, if you did not watch it, was absolutely flooding here. Hank Bachmeyer for uh, Boise State here goes 18 of 29, 172 yards. Jaron Hall in his return after injury, 22 of 37, 302 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Was not enough. Number 10 BYU falls to unranked Boise State. Upset. 26 to 17. Notre Dame rolls into Virginia Tech. Inner Sandman was absolutely rocking, but sadly, it was not enough. Uh, let's see here. Taylor Buc Buckner gets the start, plays pretty well, but Jack Cohn has to come in and save it. Notre Dame gets a big win with all of the Cincinnati Bearcat Nation rooting them on, needing some help. Unranked LSU rolls into the bluegrass state of Kentucky, takes on number 16, uh, UK. Undefeated still. Uh, Ed Orgeron's seat getting a little bit hotter here. 22 of 38, 261 yards, one touchdown for Max Johnson. Will Levis has a phenomenal game for Kentucky, 14 to 17, 145, three touchdowns. Chris Rodriguez Jr., 16 carries on the ground with 147 yards and one touchdown. Kentucky, this is the first sign of life. I've seen their offense all season. They're going to need even more of it next weekend in Athens. Penn State would definitely love to have their backup back after last uh, yesterday night. Cincinnati, number four, team in the country, coming off a massive win at Notre Dame. Plays Temple, Desmond Ritter, great game under Friday Night Lights, 22-30, 259 yards for three touchdowns. Cincinnati needs to blow out their opponents. They did at Temple. Unranked Stanford rolls into number 22 ASU. Loses to Arizona State 28-10. to Tanner McKee has been playing well, not so much uh, last night. 27-45, 356 yards, one touchdown, and three picks for the quarterback. Daniels for ASU goes 14-23 with 175 yards. ASU still 5-1 and, and very much on the that Pac-12 race. 
Yes, then Ohio State finally gets a Big Ten home game versus Maryland. C.J. Stroud is going to throw his name into the Bash Brothers Heisman talk. 24-33, 406 yards, five touchdowns. They get the win 66-17. You better watch out for the Buckeyes. Un- or undefeated Michigan State University rolls into Rutgers at that tough loss Rutgers had last week against Michigan. 31-13 of 13 here for the Spartans. Peyton Thorne goes 16 of 27, 340 yards, three touchdowns, one pick for the Spartans. And Walker goes 29 carries, 232 yards, one touchdown. Michigan State still the one of the three last undefeated teams in the Big Ten. Speaking of undefeated Michigan teams, number nine, Michigan goes to Nebraska in front of a sold-out 100,000-plus stadium. And Cade McNamara does just enough to get the win here. 22, 22 of 38, 255 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, one interception, no touchdowns. Michigan got quite the scare. Michigan better tighten up the hinges as they start the meat of their schedule. I'm looking at Penn State. I'm looking at Ohio State. But they hang on. They get the last second field goal as Michigan wins 32-29. 24th ranked undefeated SMU rolls into Navy here. Uh, 31-24 final Navy scared SMU early. But SMU won off the back of Tanner Mordecai, 30-40, 324 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. SMU remains ranked and undefeated, the only ranked team left on that Cincinnati Bearcats schedule this season. Number 19, Wake Forest, and the only ACC undefeated team, their last hope, Wake Forest, goes into the Carrier Dome over at Syracuse, and let's be honest, escapes with another one here. Hartman comes out 19-32, 330 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. They needed some free football in overtime. Wake Forest remains undefeated and escapes 40 to 37. He's keeping his uh, starting spot in like his other QB1 alum, Spencer Rattler, looks like. Ooh, shot across the bow hey. there. There's a little QB1 talk from Jordan Harris. He's a big fan. QB1, if you're listening, feel free to sponsor the show. That concludes Quick Hits, a two-minute offense. If we didn't cover your team, check back next week. Maybe we'll get it in there. A new AP poll has dropped. It has. Very and, interesting. Uh, it looks, man, it it is crazy how when we started this season – what our top ten looked like. We did a playoff prediction show before the before the season kicked off. There's only like one of those teams left in the top four. There's two because Oklahoma made it in That's the number true. four. They did break so. back in. So it's almost the more things change, the more things stay the same. Yeah. What does the top ten look like? So top ten, we're breaking it down from one to ten here. We have UGA, the unanimous number one pick in the AP poll. Iowa at number two, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama, o- or Ohio State University. Penn State University only falls – uh, a few spots there, number seven. Michigan still undefeated in that Big Ten race. And then Oregon, 4-1. and one, And Michigan State, again, still undefeated in that Big Ten race. That is five Big Ten teams ranked in the top ten. Yep. I have that right. Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, yep. Iowa. Yeah, five. That's wild, man. That's crazy. You it almost – you. I mean, at this point, they're the best conference in college football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no other qu- – I don't know if they're as top-heavy, but well, holy cow. What was it, a week or two ago I said there could be possibly three SEC teams in the college football playoff, and, and we are down to maybe two maybe on a two good day. on a good year. Uh, Takeaways from this, mentioned it earlier in the show, love seeing Texas still ranked. Yeah. Love seeing Arkansas still ranked after their loss as well. Wake Forest, the ACC's only hope, now uh, climbs to 16. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati in the top four, officially your number three team in the country. What does that look like for them? I mean, you just got to keep handling business, right? I think 
depending on how these other teams, I'd say in the three to seven range, pan out, they may need a little bit of chaos. But I mean, I still think Cincinnati, if you keep handling business and winning by a lot of points like you did this past week, I think you 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 got a good shot of remaining in this top four. Well, I completely agree, hundred uh, percent. You you have we mentioned it five Big Ten teams in the top ten. And that's going to take care of itself. Oh, 100%. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, they literally all play each other, whether in a Big Ten title game or right. in the regular season. Uh, Oregon, very quietly in the Pac-12, yeah. hangs at number nine. Like we said last week, I don't think there's going to be enough, especially now with uh, with everything going on. The committee, excuse me, seems to agree with us. Oklahoma now a top-four team. Maybe they felt like Oklahoma turned a corner there as well. Yeah, good. I mean – Again, I, I, I got to wonder what Caleb Williams really gives this Oklahoma team. I mean, obviously a hard-fought game against a ranked Texas team. I mean, Red River rivalry, right? I mean, any kind, anytime you have a major rivalry like this, you never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, obviously they only jumped two spots, but they got back in that top four rather quickly after struggling heavy the first half. To me, that shows you right there you went out and you're fine. Yeah. I mean, that you, you're going to – obviously. well, obviously, if you went out and win your Big 212 title game, you're going to the dance. Uh, new number one team in the country, the yep. Georgia Bulldogs. Absolutely. I don't think we necessarily wanted that. I was fine with being number two yeah. until it was over. But uh, Bama falls to number five. What do you think? Fair or unfair? I, I mean, honestly, I put on Facebook before we even did this show, I thought Bama was going to be number four. I said I think Oklahoma would be number five. I wouldn't really mind if they swapped them. They swapped them. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's right where Bama needs to be, right there in that four to six range. All right. So we've now seen six weeks of football. It's time for us to, to, to give a playoff pitcher every week. I think it's time. The okay. official one, I think, comes out the last week of uh, October, and then we'll continue up until the uh, date that two teams kick off in January. But Bash Brothers playoff six. So we're giving our top four and the first two out. Now listen, this is playoff as of now. This has nothing to do with AP poll. I don't right. care if Georgia's number one. If you don't think they deserve to be in the playoff, Put them at, there. They won't be there. Right. Let's go from six to one. I'll let you go first at six. Okay. Number six, I'm going to put in – I'm going to move them back. I'm going to put OU back at six. I understand they're still undefeated, but – and granted, moving forward, I think there's a very good chance they're going to belong in this top four spot, especially if Caleb Williams brings what I think Caleb Williams can bring. But as of right now, they have not shown me enough to put them in the top four. They've struggled heavily against some teams they should have blown out earlier in the year. Obviously, Texas is a huge win for them, but as of right now, I'm going to put them as one of the first two teams out of the playoffs. I like it. Number six for me is going to be Ohio State. Obviously, I have Ohio State in my Final Four in our preseason prediction show. They had one a seven-point loss to Oregon at home. That loss looks a little worse now that Oregon took a loss to Stanford. But I think Ohio State completely controls their destiny. They have we, – we see there is a stacked Big Ten – and if Ohio State can run that table with only one loss, they are clear in for me. And right now, they are my second one out at number six. I will go next at number five, matching your Oklahoma pick. Oklahoma, I think you turned a corner. We will see moving forward. You'll have every chance. But as of now, in six weeks of football, you are my first team out at number five. I think Caleb Williams at this moment will give you your best chance to win. The offense looked great. Defense has looked good all season. Did just enough to get that Texas win in a massive, massive showing there. Oklahoma, my first one out. So, for me, six Ohio State, five Oklahoma. This is tough. I might catch some heat for this. I'm going to put Bama as my first one out. Whoa. I've seen them struggle against Florida. I've seen them struggle against Florida. 
I saw them struggle last night against an unranked Texas A&M. Granted, like I said earlier, there have been two teams that were below Bama that easily played up their level. But I think at this point in the season, I've seen my number four team ramp up what they've been doing a little more. And I've seen Bama ramp down over the last two or three games. So with that being said, that's why I'm going to put Bama at number five as the first team out after week six. Please send your hate mail to at Jordan Harris <laughs> underscore six on Twitter or Jordan Harris on Facebook. Uh, so, as of playoffs, when we're talking playoffs, you look at who is most deserving. You factor in everything, all of those little parameters that the playoff committee has. We try to follow that as well. You have to look at record. You have to look at resume. All of these things. With Alabama taking the loss, they are my number four team in the playoff currently. Do I believe Alabama is a better team than Cincinnati and Iowa? Yes, I believe they beat them all day long on a neutral field. Maybe competitive games. I believe both of those teams are also better than Texas A&M, yeah. and Texas A&M beat Alabama. But at this moment, factoring in the eye test, which is what I just stated, Alabama's better to me based on the eye test, and record, I'm going to put two other teams, in, well, three other teams considering, in front of Alabama. Alabama will take my number four spot. Number four, I'm going to put in, I, I hate to say this because I don't even like them, OSU, I'm going to put Ohio State University. Okay. If we're factoring in what they've done this season, Minnesota, they look slow. Oregon, they look slow. Brand After, new starting quarterback as yeah. well. After that Oregon loss, that we have seen them continually ramp it up. Crank up the NOS. Better and better on offense. C.J. Stroud looks to be getting stronger and stronger each week. With that in mind, I think Ohio State would be my first team in the playoff if I was putting these teams in the playoff. I'll go ahead and do number three. I'm going to go with their Big Ten counterpart on the other side. I'm going to go Iowa. Iowa won a phenomenal game against Penn State, granted at home, granted with the starting quarterback coming out for Penn State, but Iowa all years looked great on defense. I don't think that offense is necessarily where it needs to be, but who knows what they could do in six weeks. I think Petras looked decent yesterday. I think he did, and obviously he did enough to win the game. But as of right now, factoring that defense and how they looked yesterday, I'm going to go Iowa at number three. I think we'll have two and three flipped. I will put Cincinnati at three. I think looking at the optics of the game, Cincinnati is undefeated. Iowa is undefeated as well. But Cincinnati does not have as good a win as Iowa does. Cincinnati going on the road to Notre Dame and winning convincingly does not look as good because I just don't think Notre Dame is all that good. They needed kind of a really miracle push there just to get past Virginia Tech on the road. I think uh, Cincinnati has done everything the committee's asked them to at this point. On the road to Indiana, win. On the road to Notre Dame, win. I still think they're going to need some help. I don't think an undefeated Cincinnati resume holds a candle to a one-loss Pac-12, to a one-loss Big Ten, to even a one-loss Big 12. I just don't think it's going to hold up. They need some help, but at this moment, Cincinnati gets the number three spot. I'll go ahead and do number two. I've already revealed it. For me, it is Iowa. Iowa has looked great on defense. The offense scared me, but it scared me a lot more yesterday. They need Spencer Petras needs to tighten down the hinges. That offense needs to tighten up. Still got great tight ends. They got a solid running back core. Lean heavy on the defense. Wear some teams out. Moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how this happens. I don't think Iowa's here in the end. I think yesterday Sean Clifford stays healthy. They lose this football game, and we're talking about a different team here. But as of now, Iowa gets the number two spot. Yep, you were correct on the flip. Number two, I'm going to put in Cincinnati. 
group of five team I know might sound a little weird but honestly I think Cincinnati if we're looking at the two undefeated teams at two and three Cincinnati or Iowa I think Cincinnati's offense is just better I like Desmond Ritter a lot better than I like Patrash Patras and also <laughs> I know I did not Oof. mean to make a joke there but it happened I also think Cincinnati has a lot higher of a chance of going undefeated by the end of the year than Iowa does so that being said I'm going with Cincinnati number two if you want me to, I can go ahead and do our number one because I think it. it yeah, I think we're all going to agree here. Georgia Bulldogs. What can you say here? Georgia. I don't know if the stat, the stat still say still stays the same, but before yesterday has scored more points on defense than they've allowed. Georgia's defense is dominant. They've pretty much dominated on all three phases every game they've played. I don't think they've. Well, besides Clemson, they have not won a game by less than twenty four points. They're absolutely dominating right now. The offense is doing great, and they're not even fully healthy. We still have receivers out. Still don't know exactly what we're going to do with quarterback as far as JT or Stett. So as of right now, Georgia, and I think everybody else will agree with this, is the number one team in the country. Yesterday, the University of Georgia scored 34 points. Georgia has played six ball games. The number of points scored by all six teams combined does not go over 34 points. Right. That tells you everything you need to know. Nobody talks about Georgia's offense, even nope. though it's averaging, like, what, 40-plus points per game. They're smashing teams. They will hopefully continue to do that. Georgia, at this moment, is your number one clear, number one team in the country in terms of playoff. Speaking of playoff, speaking of teams, speaking of picks, oh, week away. seven pick them. Not the best, but we made it. We got, there. we got there. Pretty solid slate of games. Yep. You know, we, we say every week, oh, this slate doesn't look great, this doesn't – and then, boom, Oregon loses. Boom, Alabama loses. And yeah. it's the craziest week of college football. We had two top ten teams, literally the number ten and the number one. Your sandwich teams there. Both fall. Cincinnati, speaking of that team, plays UCF. Yeah. Interesting game here. Uh, I think – the spotlight and the pressure, even playing against weaker opponents, UCF, has to be on Cincinnati. Right. Because you know, like, Alabama loses, goal still in head. Oregon loses, some goals still ahead. Uh, Ohio State loses, all goals ahead. Cincinnati loses, back of the bus, bro. Right. You're not going to be there in the end. They open up at home as a 20-point favorite to UCF. Who you taking? Gus Malzahn's Golden Knights, I presume. That no, was a joke. Not at all. I mean, let's be honest. I don't. I guess I don't think any UCF alum fan, whatever, is proud of what Gus Malzahn's done so far with this program. I think he's been lackluster. I think Cincinnati takes this win pretty easily, especially being at home. I'm gonna take the over at 20 points. I'm gonna give them over 20 points as a as a win here. Okay, so you say Cincinnati covers the spread there yep. at 20. Uh, let's be honest, man. Playing a national championship team is tough, and Cincinnati will be playing the 2017-2018 national champions here. But they get them at home, and that's a big deal. And obviously I'm being facetious here. I think Cincinnati goes in, handles business, closer than the experts think, give me the under. We now only are picking overs and unders, so I don't have to give you points if I don't want to. And, yes, that's me chickening out and stepping back and just taking the under. So, Cincinnati UCF, Cincinnati gets the dub at home. What about this one here? Number 10, Michigan State, undefeated 6-0, rolls in Indiana. This game scares me because Indiana's looked awful fast. Michigan State's only a three-point favorite here. Um, I'll go ahead and give you mine. I, I, I'd be stupid at this point in time not to pick Michigan State. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. has not looked great at all. He's got four touchdowns and seven interceptions on the year. I mean, I got to pick Michigan State. Everything in my gut tells me to pick the over here at three points, but somebody knows something I don't, I think. It's scary. You know, I've been high on Michigan. Hadn't really talked ton about Michigan State. I'm going to say this now. 
I think both Michigan teams are living on borrowed time. Yeah. If you told me at the end of this week Michigan State lost, I'd say, yeah. I thought Nebraska was going to get Michigan. And if it wasn't for some late-game heroics there and a pretty solid field goal kicker, I think Nebraska would have beat Michigan. Michigan State will win this football game. You're right. Vegas knows something we don't know at this point, only being a a three-and-a-half favorite. Hey, Indiana's proven to be a tough place to play. They almost beat Cincinnati. Yeah. And I would say Cincinnati is a much better team than Michigan State is. Michigan State better be ready. I think they do advance to 7-0, and but I'm with you. Give me the under. I'd say a late-game field goal puts it by two. Yeah, I like it. All right. This is an interesting SEC, SEC West matchup here. Auburn, number 17, Arkansas. They will go to Woo-Pig Suey, which, hey, ask uh, Texas. Tough place to play this year. Yeah. Arkansas coming off a loss. Auburn also coming off a loss. On paper, I think this is an easy pick. But we have seen Bo Nix with some magic versus teams that he might not should have beat. I'm referencing LSU. Who you got? This is tough for me. Arkansas is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They're at home. Man, it's it's hard not to pick Arkansas here, but I'm going to go with Auburn. Upset alert. I'm going to pick Auburn straight up here. I mean, both teams on paper are very similar. I I think, to me, from what I've seen, Auburn's defense looks a little bit better. And because of that, i got to go with Auburn. I, I'm I'm crazy as it is. I'm going to agree with you, and here's the reason: Arkansas. I think at this moment, if Sam Pittman can get them going, they 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 don't really have much to play for yeah. with the two losses now, right? Auburn, I think, has played above expectations, right, to the point where it's like just beating good teams is something to play for. Yeah. I think that is enough for Bo Nix and them to roll into Woo Pig Suey and get the win. Give me Auburn by a late field goal. But, yeah, Auburn straight up. I like it. Let's move on to here. A top 25 Big 12 matchup here. Undefeated Oklahoma State is going to roll into number 25 Texas. At this point in time, Texas is a five-point favorite, a 78.4% playoff – or not playoff, but a, a – Yeah, FBI – uh, favorite, give me the horns, baby. I think they're going to bounce back here. I think Casey Thompson and B. John Robinson are going to do what we think they can do. Uh, five point favorite, give me the over. Oklahoma State, bruh, you've done tick me off this season. I've picked against you three times. You've beat me three times, and I've learned my lesson. And it's that you should pick against Oklahoma State. You are living on borrowed time. You've had some great wins and some big time matchups. And you will not squeak by this one. UT is going to get the win. UT has found something with Casey Thompson. Yeah, they ran up into a top six team in the country, and they lost by a couple points. Okay, they still hung 40-plus on them. Give me the horns. Give me Casey Thompson. Give me the burnt orange. See there? Bars? I like it. Give me Texas. I think that's a pretty easy pick. Oklahoma at number 12. Overhyped. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, How about we go on here? Number 19, BYU, after that big loss, rolling into unranked 5-1 and one Baylor. Both teams 5-1 and one here. I mean, I feel like this may be a This is one. a tough pick. It is a tough pick. I'll gladly go first. Well, just for just for reference before you go first, Baylor is a 4.5-point favorite to open up. Baylor is a 4.5 at home. Man, 4 and a hook. There you go. You're going to take the hook over, under, let's find out. BYU played Boise State in a range fest and had about 12 fumbles and lost to a team that's not great. Baylor is better than Boise State, but BYU bounces back. 
Give me the Cougars. Jared Hall's back. Hopefully gets his legs kind of back under him. It won't be a monsoon that they're playing in. Give me the Cougars. Baylor takes another loss. This is a home game for Baylor. And in all honesty here, looking at the stats, Baylor is getting more yards per game than BYU and is also allowing less yards per game than BYU. That being said, I'm taking the Bears. I'm going to take the Bears at home. I'm going to give them an under, though. I think this is a field goal win. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Baylor Bears in this game here. A little Bash Brothers split there. All right, mm-hmm. an SEC East versus SEC West matchup. Tennessee, home team, really rolling here under Hendon Hooker. Uh, get, got an SEC East victory just yesterday. Playing Ole Miss, number 13 in the country, coming off a very big win there to Arkansas. Ole Miss opens up as a three-point favorite. Honestly, I think that's a little low. Maybe Vegas knows something we don't. Who you taking? Well, let me just tell you the stat here. Yards allowed for Ole Miss, 429.8. A lot. Yards allowed for Tennessee, 344.3. Also a lot. Hooker has been rolling. Yes, he has. For the Vols. But so Ole far. Miss, what about Ole Miss now? Ole Miss, I like Matt Corral. He's great. You like him. You you, you talk highly of him. I do. You like his headband. I do. Yeah. But I, I think Ole Miss's defense is trash. That being said, give me the Vols and the home field advantage straight up. Bruh, who would have ever thought, even two weeks ago, you would be picking Tennessee to beat Ole Miss, who a lot of people thought would beat Alabama. Yeah. But I got to agree with you. I think Neyland will be rocking. Maybe you hear a little We Hate Alabama playing over the uh, the intercom there. It's a good song. It's a very good song. If even the, the most popular comments were, hey, I'm an Alabama fan. This is still a really good song. Connor Smith. <laughs> yeah. Connor Smith, I Hate Alabama. Very good song. That's what we're referencing there. He's a UT fan. And this week, apparently, so are we. Somehow, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. You just mentioned it. Ole Miss's defense is not playing well. Hendon Hooker's playing very well. I think... Tennessee can somehow score with Ole Miss, and they win by a point. Give me Tennessee straight up. Mm, I like it. Let's move on to here. A little ACC. This game has huge ACC implications. Huge here. is correct. Number twenty-two, NC State, four and one, rolls into unranked four and one, Boston College. Here, this one's scary too. NC State only opens up as a two-point favorite. I'll go ahead and pick this one. I got to go with NC State, in all honesty. NC State's defense is looking better. Their offense is rolling a little more. I like Devin Leary a lot more than I like Grossell at Boston College. Yeah, give me NC State. I'm honestly going to take the over here. I I think this is a lot better than two points for them. Yeah, so NC State beats Clemson. Boston College should have beat Clemson, but hiked it over their quarterback's head on the three-yard line uh, with about 40 seconds left. Oof, talk about dropping the ball there. Literally, mama's rule of college football. Y'all know it. We reference it every week. If it's a 50-50 game, you go with the whole team, home team. Even though my mother is number one in, in our uh, yep, in our college is. football pick them right is. now, mama is wrong. NC State is the favorite. Two, I'm with you. Give me the over. NC State will roll into Boston College and get the dub by five. Let's go here. College game day. Interesting one here. Third time for the dogs this season. But We were talking about this. This has got to be a close to a record. Yeah. Regular season college game day appearances. Appear, yeah, appearances. This is now Georgia's third time. Clemson, Arkansas, yeah. now Kentucky. We tweeted it. Let's be honest. This is the best game of the week. 100%. On paper. Yeah. Kentucky's undefeated. 
Yeah. And and in the top, what are they ranked now? Top number of, eleven, almost in the top ten. Yeah. Georgia's number one. All eyes are on them. Yeah. Listen, we've seen big teams fall. It's yeah. happened to Oregon. It's happened to Bama. Does Georgia fall this week? Well, I wish they had given Kentucky one more spot just so they could be a top ten matchup. Yeah. It'd have been great. Hey, they're the you 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 said it though. They're the first team out of the top ten. That's true. They're they're the number one team in the back ten of this. So anyway, Georgia opens up twenty two and a half point favorite, ninety five point. Four percent matchup predictor for Georgia to win this game. That's crazy that your college game day game is a ninety-four percent percent chance. Of it victory. is. I just double percent. Kentucky in there. looked phenomenal on offense this week. They really did. They looked great. They haven't looked great all year. They're not going to look great moving forward. That took I'm a turn. I'm going to tell you this right now. Georgia's defense is going to have another field day. I told you this earlier. I've been telling everybody this all year ever since last weekend. Georgia will not lose a game in Athens this season. Jordan has been telling I you all year since last weekend. Yeah, all year since last weekend. <laughs> I'm also going to this game. So they will obviously not lose again this game in Athens. If they lose, don't come back. I'm not going to. I'm going to stay there. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm taking the dogs 22 and a half. Give me the over. I think a four-touchdown victory at least for the dogs this weekend in Athens. Man, I have gone under in like every one of these ball games. Like, I didn't think they would cover the spread against Arkansas. They blew it out of the water. Didn't think they'd cover against Auburn. They blew it out of the water. So, I'm scared now, but I'm with <laughs> you. I take the over. Kentucky crossed the 50-yard line twice against Florida. Yeah. They dominated LSU. Which team shows up? Well, I'll call it a spade a spade and say maybe somewhere in between. They will not do that against Georgia. They shouldn't. Georgia covers 27. You're going to go one under me? Right? what we're going to do? Is that what you went 28? I got 28. Sorry, I was just imagining just being there with you. I would say, okay, let's call it a Bash Brothers even. 28. Let's go together. Let's do let's, it. Let's, I like let's, it. I let's like let's it. go cash all of our freaking I life like savings in on 28 <laughs> points and possibly lose it all because college football betting is terrible this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. College game day's there. Great atmosphere. SEC yeah. Nation's also yeah. there. Literally everybody and their mom except me. I will be hurling home from uh, from Atlanta. I'll be close to you. Well, there you go. I'll be like an hour away. Uh, yeah, Spartan race next week. But, yeah, Georgia gets the dub, 28 points, and that'll do it. That'll do it. Dude, what a show. It was a good show. I'm going to be honest. I think we handled the Alabama conversation well. I hope everybody else thinks so. I think we do, and I'm tooting our own horn here, toot toot. I think we do a great job of taking our bias out of this and looking at it as – Open and clear as we can. Yeah, I agree. I told you before we started, I sat there in the stands, and you sat there at home watching on television, as an unranked South Carolina came in to Georgia with their backup quarterback, and they were simply better, and they beat us. And missed out on the playoffs. Very sad day. You could hear a freaking rat fart on cotton in that stadium, (laughs) except for a couple people yelling, go Gamecocks, which how could you ever say that? But, you know, two inches on, two inches on. All right, Jordan, where can the people find you? Instagram, Twitter, jharris underscore six. I don't have anything witty to say today, but this is just it. You can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram, Connor Chandler on Facebook, at Connor Chandler on Twitter. And I'm going to try to watch all of Daniel Craig's James Bond movies to prepare to go see No Time to Die. So I might start that today after a little NFL action. You can find us at B Brothers Pod. That's B Brothers P-O-D on Twitter. Like I say it every week, we've really been jumping over there. The conversation with the fans has been awesome. Love to see it. You can find us at Bash Brothers on Facebook and Bash Brothers Podcast wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, whether that be uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, 
uh, we we did check. Your grandmother has a very very nice system there. She's even got it hooked up to speakers that play throughout the house. Y'all, so yep. she has a USB cord too. Yeah, y'all just get ready. He's gonna say that every week now. It is. We're just gonna build and build on that. I absolutely love it. And uh, so enjoy football, man. Good slate of games coming. If you're picking football, definitely a lot of good slate slate of games coming. Eat some good food. Enjoy family. Enjoy friends. Whatever it is oh. that you do. But as always. We are the Bash Brothers, signing off. Yerp.